I want to just really quickly tell you about this awesome event that I'm going to very soon called Living a Better Story. I was invited to go by one of the event organizers, Chad Burmeister. He is going to be speaking there along with Robert White and Eric Dunavant. And the whole thing, well, as far as I know anyways, we're going to be in about 15 or so entrepreneurs in a cabin in the in the mountains of Utah, skiing and talking about how we're going to live a life of purpose and actually make real impact on the earth, I think, or just what does it mean to live a better story? Uh, I'm very excited because I, I have a feeling I'm going to come away with a lot to talk about on this podcast and also people to do episodes with that I will have met at the event. If you're curious about it, it's not yet full, but it's almost full. Just go to livingabetterstory.org. You know, Elon Musk, I saw a video recently. He's like, well, if you want to learn something, go to YouTube. All the education's out there for free. If you want to go and have a, a, a culture and, and have a little bit of fun, go to college. You know, and that's kind of <laughs> what I, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I believe too. There's, you know, I am now an owner of three businesses and it's not because I went to college and got a history education degree is because that, that the information yeah. was available and I, I took that path. So I would hope that I could shed some of, you know, some of that light on other individuals and have them look kind of outside their box yeah. because that's really the, uh, the, the direction towards financial freedom is, is being an entrepreneur and, and pursuing a goal or a passion. Do you think that's the main way to get financial freedom? Do you not, do you think, uh, like, would that be your advice for anybody that wants financial freedom? Like, yeah, go be an entrepreneur. It wouldn't be it for everyone because some people, they need to hone their craft, their expertise of, of a particular skill, you know, have that yeah. technician skill and work for someone who is an entrepreneur. So they yep. need to attach themselves to that, you know, throw their lasso around those individuals and I'd say that even in those situations, you can still maintain an upward mobility and not settle. I think so many individuals settle for that 3% raise every year. And it's just, it's, it kind of drains you and, and you're never going to beat inflation and you, you have to be constantly striving for more. Yeah. When you first started thinking about the bigger picture, like the legacy you hope to leave or the impact you hope to leave on the world, what caused you to start thinking about that? Or, or, or was there anything in your life that happened that made you start thinking in that direction? I would or say is this age, me asking you the first age, time? <laughs> age, definitely. I definitely didn't think of it until now that I'm a little bit older. So I'm 39. I'm, I'm going to be approaching 40 pretty soon. Or actually 38, approaching 39. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Get older. It's not <laughs> as important, it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I had, uh, I had earlier in 2020, I had a leg tumor. And it was kind of scary. And I was in a lot of pain and had to get, I uh, didn't know if it was going to be cancerous or not or benign. And it, thankfully it wasn't had to get it. A, but even though it wasn't, I had to get it ablazed. And I started mm. thinking like, you know, about legacy a little bit more. And so the first thing I did was uh, I signed up right away with Scribe with Tucker Max to write a book to kind of unpack my brain a little bit. You know, I've got YouTube stuff out and social and blogs, but I really wanted a cohesive type of book. And then the other thing I really started reevaluating, you know, uh, having a family and, you know, so I'm married and, and, um, 
me and my wife had talked about kids. We kind of been putting it off and traveling and stuff like that. But now, uh, um, she is pregnant. We are, uh, That's awesome. have a, um, so yeah, it's kind of leaning towards that direction in terms of a legacy. Yeah. So when you start thinking about your legacy and the impact that you want to leave, what do you think are some of the things that, so this is a question I like to ask myself. I, I think about like, what, what are the goals that I'm, that I'm striving towards? And then I go, okay, what exists in my life right now that is keeping me from those goals? So if I allow this thing to continue in my life, I am never going to reach those goals. What has been that for you personally? And what is that for you personally? Like no, I said, it's a pretty personal podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. For me, it's food. Uh, I just, Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm a, yeah. So like I have, to, I don't have a problem going to the gym and besides last year where I got the, the tumor, I'd had a personal trainer. And so I get, so size wise, I'm like more, I'm stronger can, you know, do all the physical things, but I definitely overeat way too much. Hmm. And that's one of the things that, that I've struggled with. Uh, my wife always says, oh, you don't need a personal trainer. You need a nutritionist. And I'm like, yeah, I probably do. It, it's, it's also like, I really need to take it more serious. Um, so that would say, I would say that's one of my big flaws, so to speak. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I love going to the gym and I also love eating food and it's just so bad. <laughs> um, like I have no problem. Like I, I genuinely enjoy going to the gym, but the problem is you can't outwork out the number of calories that you eat if right. you eat. A, and especially like as my friends have gotten more successful and wealthier, um, I wish I could say as I've gotten more successful and wealthier, but no, it's as my friends have gotten more successful and wealthier, I, I just eat more freely, which is a problem. <laughs> I feel like, it's, yeah. It, it's funny because, you know, being an entrepreneur, everyone invests so much into their, their business growth. They'll join Vistage. Yeah. They'll get a one, an executive coach. They'll go to conferences. They'll do all these things. And it's like, well, everyone sees the benefit of a coach coach from a business perspective. And so I've really been looking at it more from the, the personal side of things. Uh, how can I invest more in, into the physical activity, the health side of my life? Yeah. I remember when I uh, started thinking like, man, the thing that I miss the most about not being an entrepreneur is somebody telling me what to do, which is like so strange because most people are an entrepreneur for the freedom and freedom is wonderful, but I genuinely missed having somebody kind of over me, like keeps keeping me on task. Um, and, uh, and then I was just like, wait a second, I can hire for that. <laughs> I can literally hire somebody to keep me on task. <laughs> uh, that was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. I really control my calendar well from, uh, hit these dates. And that's why personally, personal training works for me. So you, where you love to go to the gym, I'm kind of like, I would make excuses personally to not yeah. go to the gym, but I never miss a meeting. So ah. personal trainer really works well for me because we'll, we'll, uh, I've got it five days a week and it's like, okay, well, here are the times that you have to come in and I don't miss meetings. So I'm there. That's good. That's good right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to ask you about a, a habit related question, but I have a for fun question I want to ask you first. And that's mm -hmm. when I think about legacy um, and impact. So I'm a kid's book author and I believe that you can't leave a legacy without reaching the hearts of kids. So my for fun question for you is if you could, what's a topic or idea you would make a kid's book about? 
Oh, I got one. I, uh, I actually ran this by uh, Scribe as a follow-up. So I uh-huh. kind of got I got this idea a little bit from Jonathan Dane of Client Boost. Uh, I'm not sure where he got it, but it was basically an entrepreneurial type book of, you know, where every business is essentially a lemonade stand on the same street and how is your lemonade stand different? So I thought it'd be kind of a fun to have like an illustration type of book where, you know, page one, it's, they're all the same on the same street. Page two, you flip it over, one stand's got Christmas lights. The next page, you flip it over, one's selling frozen lemonade. Flip it over, one's got green lemonade and where, where you could actually visually see the differences of their unique selling propositions uh, for their lemonade stands. I, I like that. In your mind, what's the age group and what are you hoping the kid gets out of it? Hmm. Geez, I don't know on the age group. Um, well, I can tell you that it, it sounds like it's a book for like very young kids because you're, you're yeah. really trying to say something visually. And yeah. so that would be like a five-year-old, six-year-old, maybe even younger. Yep. Yep. That's kind of, that's what I'm thinking. And it's, it, it teaches you a lesson about, you could be pricing, it could be a marketing USP, it could be a, a convenience USB. Maybe they pour your lemonade to you while you're in the driver's seat, as opposed to coming up to the stand and out of your car. It could be numerous different methods of deliverability. So that's kind of where my head goes. It always lead, it kind of falls back on the entrepreneur type track. I love it. I love it, Chris. Okay. Similar question as the eulogy question, but this time about your business. Um, and we can talk about rankings or we could pick a different business that you have. It's up to you. But the question is uh, when someone writes the Wikipedia article on your business, aside from a brute definition of what you do, what do you hope is said? I hope that they say, you know, he was, he was a very competitive results oriented um, business owner that really took care of his employees. And I think one of the, the things that could be said is, you know, they could brag about the retention and longevity of people that stayed with him on, on this course. I think that's really important. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's tough because I, as an entrepreneur have shiny object syndrome, like crazy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. always, that's one of the constant struggles is focus because I have all these ideas, whether it's the lemonade thing or a book or real estate or another niche agency or an acquisition. So I think that ultimately it would be, you know, he was competitive. He was definitely an entrepreneur and he took care of his people. I love it. I love it. So uh, my next question for you is the habit question. It's actually my last question, Chris. And that is, so I'm thinking a lot about 2021. And one of the things that's jumping out to me is like systems for making myself a more reliable person so that when I say I'm going to do something, I'm actually going to do it and I'm going to do it well and just like systems for that. So my question for you is when you think about systems that have made you more reliable, what comes to mind or like what are habits that you've put in your life that have made you a more reliable person? Geez, a few. I would say one of them is utilizing a project management tool kind of religiously. Yeah. What do you use religiously? I use Basecamp and it's old school, Basecamp 3. I know there's ClickUp and Asana and on Teamwork and all these distractions. Uh, I like- You would call those distractions? I use Asana. uh, And that's just because the company that I work for uh, uh, just rolled out Asana as like they're they're getting rid of Trello and 
moving to Asana. And honestly, Asana is like worlds better than Trello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so I've used them all. I say distractions. I mean, I think a lot of times project management tools, people, their complaints are not necessarily the tool itself is how they're utilizing it. And that's a whole different uh, rabbit hole that we could go down. But basically it's just being intentional and, and any task that you need to do, putting it in your assignments or your task, your inbox, whatever it is, not your inbox. So I'm a big inbox zero guy. So yes. I would say, no, your inbox is not a repository to hold things. I would think of it more as, as trying to clean out the inbox. I agree. I'm an inbox it. zero guy. I, I have a goal every day to get to inbox zero. I don't always hit it, but mm -hmm. it's, it's right there on my calendar as a time block to get to inbox zero. Yeah. And I would say that I'd say that tip on its own is every time I answer an email, me as an entrepreneur, the owner of you know, a few companies, I think, how can I never receive this email again? That's the first thing that goes through my mind. I like so, that. Yeah. How can yes. I, what do I need to do? So I never receive this email again. And oh. it could be an unsubscribe. It could be someone else needs to do the task. It could be, but, but that's, that's what I try to do. And it really limits yes. the amount that can hit your inbox. It could even be a filter if you can't get away from them. Uh, yes. but, but yeah, I would say that's something. And then the third thing I would say, so project management inbox zero processes, and the third thing would be an executive assistant. So just critical. There are tasks that ultimately, you know, that you need to do and you need to focus on certain priorities and other tasks other individuals need to do and things like, you know, scheduling your flights or, or managing your inbox to some degree, if you have that level of trust or paying your personal bills and running errands and things like that. That's, that would be one thing to another thing. I love it. All right, Chris, closing this out, uh, send our listeners to one place for, uh, give them one, uh, go here to get the next bit of value out of me. Uh, and then this is how I'd love for you to connect with me if you want to connect with me. So that's the question. So it's like, where do you want to okay. send listeners to get the next bit of value out of you and how can they connect with you? To get the next piece of value from me, if you want to hear my story, the best article that's written is on starter story. You just have to go, you know, go to starter story and do a search filter for Chris Dreyer. And you can see kind of where, where it all started for me. And it's, it's a, uh, it's probably the most comprehensive article of my history and progression. And then to get in touch with me, just, you know, the best social media network is LinkedIn. I connect with everybody. I do check my messages. And um, so, you know, feel awesome. free to reach out there and uh, that'd be the best social media network for me. Awesome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Timmy. I appreciate it.